June the 6th, 1944, a date etched in history as D-Day. An invasion took place here in Normandy that brought the curtain down on a global conflict that took the lives of over 50 million people. The Bible graphically portrays the human problem. War will only cease when the war is won within the human heart. The very first followers of Jesus in Great Britain used the expression, the thin place, to describe locations where the dividing line or the veil between heaven and earth was at its thinnest point. Locations where God's presence could be felt and people could encounter him. For me, Omaha Beach is a thin place. The battle that was waged on the sand behind me is immortalised in the Hollywood movie Saving Private Ryan. It was an absolute massacre and even after all these years you can feel it in the air. A veteran who was 19 on the day and took part in the first assault wave onto this beach said that his strongest memory was of his dying friends crying for their mothers. 43,000 young American lads from New York to Los Angeles and Houston to Chicago hurtled towards this beach in a thousand landing craft straight into the jaws of death. Most of them had never seen combat before. Many of them didn't even make it out of the assault boats. Exhausted and dehydrated from severe seasickness, those who made it this far experienced hell on earth. Shrapnel was flying everywhere and hundreds were cut down by devastating crossfire as they struggled to clear the beach. The slaughter that took place here on bloody Omaha Beach was unparalleled anywhere else on D-Day. These words from a veteran are inscribed on a stone tablet not very far from here. You can manufacture weapons and you can purchase ammunition but you cannot buy valour and you cannot pull heroes off a production line. Let's hear from one of the men who was here that day when the sea ran red with American blood. So the coxswain says to me, drop the ramp. I never heard him because the roar of the cannons, two big diesel engines in the back of the boat, I never heard him. Then the second time he says to me, drop the ramp. And I froze for a few seconds because I didn't want to die. And I knew once I dropped that ramp, I was. And then he said to me, he says, God damn, DeVita dropped the effing ramp. So I had no choice. I dropped the ramp. The machine guns opened up fire. Killed about 14, 15 troops that were in the front of the boat. Two guys. One guy was about four feet away from me. The other guy was about two feet away from me. The first guy got hit, ripped his stomach open. His stomach's outside his belly. 
fortunately he lived, this guy lived. And the other guy that was two feet away from me, he was a red-headed kid. The machine gun took his helmet off and part of his, his brain, a part of it. And he was crying, help me, help me, help me. I had no morphine, I couldn't help him. So he fell at my feet. Excuse me if I get an emotion. He fell at my feet and he was crying, help me, help me, help me. I had nothing in my kit to help him. So the only thing I had was the Lord's Prayer. And I started praying, our Father, what in heaven. I, I never finished it. And he slumped down. I knew he, I knew he was going to die. And I reached down and I squeezed his hand. I want him to know that he wasn't alone. And he died. He died. He was, he was just a little boy. Just a little boy. Another guy who came ashore with the US 1st Infantry Division was an army chaplain who carried a prayer book instead of a gun. He said, the shells were exploding everywhere and I knew that only God could keep them from us. There are many personal accounts of those remarkable soldier pastors on the beaches of Normandy, both from the individuals themselves and from those who were shoulder to shoulder with them during the battle. The chaplain stayed with the men throughout, comforting the wounded and praying for the dying. Few of us will ever have to contemplate what those lads went through in those few horrific hours of carnage on this now peaceful beach in France. I've brought many people here throughout the years and invited them to step into the story on each occasion I've seen them confronted with the fragility of life. The defences here on D-Day were formidable, but it could have been a whole lot worse had it not been for a clever deception plan back in England that involved a gigantic army complete with inflatable tanks, cardboard landing craft and some pretty smart work from double agents who fed false information to the Nazi high command. The net result is that everyone thought the invasion was going to come at Calais, not here in Normandy. Even Rommel, who was in charge of the Atlantic Wall, was caught completely off guard. June the 6th was his wife's birthday. And so as the Allies were approaching the beaches, he was cutting birthday cake back in Berlin. In the first two hours of the landings here, the casualties were running into thousands. The top brass out at sea even questioned whether the mission should be aborted, asking whether the sacrifices here on Omaha were worth it. History would answer that question for them. The battle that was fought and won on this beach was a massive contributor to the liberation of France and the end of the war in Europe.
It wasn't just the army chaplains who were unarmed that day. Another was the famous wartime photographer, Robert Capper. He captured the only existing photographs of the operation here on Omaha Beach. Many more photographs were taken by him, but due to a developing accident with the film back in London, they were all destroyed. I've got two battle helmets that both have their origins here. The one worn by an American was dug up in the sand just a couple of years after the war. The one worn by a German was found decades later in a drainage ditch up there on the hillside. That's where the famous American cemetery is situated. It is the final resting place of 10,000 American men who lost their lives on D-Day and in the 10 weeks of fighting to liberate Normandy. Ten miles away at Le Combe, there is another cemetery. It depends on donations and is run entirely by volunteers, as opposed to the many full-time staff and big central government budgets that are allocated to both the American and the Commonwealth War Graves Commissions. It's different because it's German and the visitor numbers are in stark contrast to the American cemetery. I've been there lots of times as well and as soon as you enter the place you are confronted by the contrasting atmosphere. There's parking for just 20 cars and three coaches as opposed to 500 cars and 50 coaches here. It says it all unfortunately less people want to be there. Certainly at Le Combe, there are some evil people that are buried there, including an SS officer who ordered the execution of 642 innocent people in a French village. But the vast majority of German war dead signed up neither for the cause nor the fight. Winston Churchill, the British wartime prime minister, was absolutely right when he said this. When war is over, it no longer matters who was right, it only matters who is left. Mankind has failed and continues to fail to live in peace. But the Bible says Jesus Christ is our peace. He is the only hope for personal and global transformation. We receive that peace when we understand that Jesus won a battle on the cross and in doing so he established a bridgehead that means that you and me can get off the beach of brokenness, of human failure and of separation from God. Not just in the context of the struggles of today but in the life to come beyond devastation, fear and loss we can know with absolute certainty that we are loved by a God in heaven and we have an eternal home with him.